Now, you are in the U.S. and how do the U.S. companies perceive the GDPR? So I think that you know now we now it's been a while and uh, U.S. companies have been uh, more exposed to it. Um, they still, I think, some of them uh, perceive the European approach to some topics as impractical and maybe excessive. Um, but I think, and there are a lot of things that have taken a while for U.S. companies to wrap their heads around. Um, but it is becoming more and more uh, commonplace because uh, the new U.S. laws, especially the Colorado Privacy Act and all of the you know, progeny of Colorado, because CPRA, the California law, was a little bit different. But Colorado and the other states uh, took a lot of concepts from GDPR, as mm -hmm. well as terminology. I mean, we now have controller and processor, and we have and a lot of the concepts, the really difficult GDPR concepts like data minimization, purpose specification, uh, fair and lawful, uh, incompatible purpose, the data processing agreement, data protection, impact assessments, sensitive information, profiling, automated decision making, like all of that stuff is now in the law in effect and about to be enforced on. And so the U.S. companies, whereas a few years ago, when we were gearing up to GDPR and sort of now for some companies that, you know, didn't have CPRA exposure, whereas before it would be like, what do you mean about email address? Why do I care about IP address? Why do I care about mobile device identifier, right? Now people, even though it's still a little bit difficult because people are like, who cares about browsing history? Like who cares about the, you know, that, that still is a mind shift where clients are like, Oh, you know, the information's anonymized. No, it's not. It's a cookie in cookie data, right? And the whole, or who cares about cookies, right? Those were conversations that we used to have here where you were, you know, you guys in Europe were having, you know, seven, eight digit fines from like Keneal and Garante and everybody. Um, people here were like, who cares about cookies? Well, now we have enforcement against Sephora. It's $1.2 million. We have um, a lot of class action lawsuits on Metapixel and sharing through pixels. We have FTC enforcement in the millions, BetterHelp, GoodRx. We have Video Privacy Protection Act and for class action lawsuits on Metapixel in a video on your website. And so I think this concept of you know, trackers and a lot of other things that, you know, banners and cookie management platforms and things that people were thinking like, oh, my God, you know, this is like really annoying. I mean, I think they still say that, but now they, they see that this is kind of a sort of global problem, let's say, or global compliance issue if we want to be a little bit less you know, a little bit neutral in the terminology. So I think that, you know, U.S. companies are definitely aware of GDPR and they're definitely needing to grapple with the GDPR concepts more and more um, as we are, you know, progressing with the new laws. Yeah, that's natural. I think first there's denial and then there's acceptance. That's usually how it the works. Five stages of, the five stages of privacy compliance <laughs> grief. Indeed, indeed, that's what I meant. First, there's anger, uh, and then there's then you cry, and then then say it can't be true. It can't be true. It's not possible. 
but <laughs> finally you accept and you start. So which stage are they in the US companies now? Are they accepting and taking action or are they still most of them denying that there would be need to do it in the US? I think um, not really denying isn't the word really, but it's more like, first of all, there are still some companies or at least there were until now. So we're in August now somehow, um, but um, and it's 2023, right? Unlike what you, you know, right by mistake still but um in july the cal the colorado law went into effect and california enforcement went into effect even though those of you that are following there was an injunction against the new cbra regs and so you know query what that means but like july was a big kind of turning point i don't think that there is in view of that i don't think that companies are in denial of like oh this isn't really happening but there are um, first of all, there used to be, and there is less now, kind of like a wait and see thing. It's like, oh, we're not really sure, so let's wait and see. There is less of that now. Um, then there is a lot of conversations that we have now are one kind of um, having, needing help kind of understanding what some of this stuff really means. And these are things that you're probably familiar with because, you know, 2017 was all over this for you guys. So for example, when GDPR came up with the new Article 7 consent, right? People were like, oh, what's going on? And, you know, they we needed, you know, we're looking for guidance and trying to figure out and is it revocable and is it freely given and the conditioning of the service and the loyalty programs and all that stuff. So now we are starting to have these discussions in two avenues. One is uh, the, the nature of consent and an opt out. So we haven't actually seen a lot of enforcement. We haven't seen enforcement on it, obviously, in California, Colorado. But we have so so the the choices and the interplay between consent and choice and dark patterns or de deceptive design or harmful design, as like the ICO calls it in the new ICO paper, right? So that kind of okay, I click. It's it's a number of clicks. Do you need to scroll? You know, are all the choices even? This is like highlighted. This is not. This is a small font. Like all of that is a discussion that's ongoing right now. The second is the concept of freely given consent, especially as with respect to sensitive data. So sensitive data, sensitive information in the U.S. is Article 9 special category data plus a couple of other things that you guys don't, don't have in there, which means and then California requires an opt-out, Colorado requires an opt-in unless it is necessary, right? So secondary uses of sensitive data require a pure GDPR opt-in. They literally, not only is it a GDPR, if you look at the Colorado regs, you will find like a nice summary of the EDPB guidance on consent, right? They explain freely given and, and revocable and all of that stuff. They even actually, without naming names, actually crop the example of the discussion of consent in the Norway um, decision on Grindr, right? On whether or not it's consent or not. So this concept and wrapping your head around um, consent and sensitive data, which is both U.S. state issue as well as the FTC, which is really looking closely at you know, health information. I think those, for example, are discussions where companies are literally, you know, having 
to wrap their heads around things that have been commonplace before and now they have to think about it's like what do you mean i need opt-in consent what do you mean i can't like profile about this what do you mean i need to do a data protection impact assessment for this what what is a data protection impact assessment right we didn't have them in the u.s law only you know the government entities needed to do them and things like that so now it's like oh i need to do a dpia you know the attorney general can ask me for it so those are kind of there. It's not denial, but it's like, what does this actually mean? And more like, what do you mean I can't do that? What do you mean I can't just use precise geolocation to whatever? What do you mean I can't use health data? What do you mean, you know, inferences on sexual orientation is sensitive? Like those types of discussions that are actually some of them are still ongoing under GDPR as well are conversations that we are now having with clients. If you like this, find the full episode of Fit for Privacy podcast on iTunes or Spotify.